Thank you for joining us here at Life Church. It's an honor to share God's word with you today. Our prayer is that you will connect with Jesus Christ as you hear his word online. We would love to have you visit one of our upcoming gatherings. For more information, visit our website at www.lifechurchofrichmond.org or contact our church offices and we'll be happy to help you in any way that we can. Let's go now to one of our recent services where you can experience a life-giving message from God's Word. Whose house is by the sea, he will tell you what you must do. And when the angel who spoke to him had departed, Cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldier from among those who waited on him continually. So when he had explained all these things to them, he sent them to Joppa. The next day, as they went on their way on their journey and drew near the city, Peter went up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. Then he became very hungry and wanted to eat, but while they made ready, he fell into a trance and saw heaven opened and an object like a great sheet bound at the four corners descending to him and let down to the earth. In it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and birds of the air. And a voice came to him, rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. And a voice spoke to him again the second time, what God has cleansed, you must not call common. This was done three times, and the object was taken up into heaven again. Now, while Peter wondered within himself what this vision which he had seen meant, behold, the men who had been sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate. And they called and asked whether Simon, whose surname was Peter, was lodging there. While Peter thought about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are seeking you. Arise, therefore, go down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. Then Peter went down to the men who had been sent to him from Cornelius and said, Yes, I am he whom you seek. For what reason have you come? And they said, Cornelius the centurion, a just man, one who fears God and has a good reputation among all the nation of the Jews, was divinely instructed by a holy angel to summon you to his house and to hear words from you. Then he invited them in and lodged them, and on the next day Peter went away with them, and some brethren from Joppa accompanied him. And the following day they entered Caesarea. Now Cornelius was waiting for them and had called together his relatives and close friends. As Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter lifted him up, saying, Stand up, I myself am also a man. And as he talked with him... He went in and found many who had come together. Then he said to them, You know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company with or go to one of another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. I want to preach today from this subject, Are You Listening? Are You Listening? And before I speak, I just looked at Clinton and it reminded me, this is the last week to sign up for the camping trip. Guys, be sure to stop by in the lobby if you want your boys to go on the camping trip this weekend. Amen. Now, as I stated last week, the Gospels have been well established in Jerusalem among the Jews to this point in the story of the New Testament church and was now being spread to Palestine. 
Now it was time to deal with the issue of the Gentiles, or in other words, anybody who was a non-Jew. The long-time prejudice between Jew and Gentile was finally faced head-on in Acts chapter 10 with this story about Cornelius. Now, last week I spent some time outlining the cultural differences between the Jews and the Gentiles, so I'm not going to go through that again today. You can listen to that message. But what the Lord did to connect these two groups was really quite amazing. He used two men, Peter and Cornelius, who were total opposites to bring two groups together in a way that would forever change the world and the future of Christianity. First, there was the man Cornelius. He was a man of status. He lived in Caesarea, which was an important city that was on the coast uh, and was the capital of what was then the Roman province of Judea. He was a military man. He was a commander of a regiment of soldiers of about 100 men. He had reached this rank by proving to be a strong and reliable leader, and he was a man that could be counted on. But more than just being a good soldier, the Bible says he was a devout man. He was a God-fearing man. He believed in the one true God, and he respected and he followed many of the moral and the ethical teachings of the Jews and Judaism. And somewhere during his life, and we don't know when or how, but this man Cornelius had abandoned his pagan religion and began worshiping Jehovah God, the God of Israel. He stopped short of becoming a full convert to Judaism by not being circumcised. That was Cornelius. Then there was another man, Peter. Peter, as you know, was one of the 12 apostles. He was their leader. He was a devout Jew. He was given the proverbial keys to the kingdom by Jesus. So it's very fitting that God chose Peter to open the door of the Gospels with those keys to the Gentiles. It was Peter who preached on the day of Pentecost. It was Peter that preached on Solomon's porch. It was Peter who was continually battling with the Sanhedrin. It was Peter who had done a lot of things to help make this transition possible. Peter was already going through some personal transitions and was breaking from some of the traditions already. It was Peter who helped reach the Samaritans. That was another group that the Jews didn't care for with the gospel. It was Peter that accepted the Samaritans as brothers and sisters and equals in the church. And as we begin chapter 10, we find Peter kind of bending another rule. Here he was, he was staying with a tanner. Now, that might not seem like a big deal to you. You might not have even noticed that, but tanners were a trade that was despised by the Jews because of the unclean animals that a tanner would have to come in contact with his profession. So I guess you could say Peter's rule-breaking had already begun. (laughs) So here they are, Peter and Cornelius, two totally different men, two totally different backgrounds, But something very similar happens to them that brings both of them together. These two men, when you read Acts 10, had separate visions. Two visions that were different, but were going to lead to the same result. Two men who were going to have their paradigms challenged. Two men that were going to have their thinking shifted. Two men that were going to have a choice to make. Both men had been prepared by God up to this moment on their own paths, on their own uh, 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 way of life. But the critical fact that God was going to be speaking to them was this. Were they going to listen? You see, the moment of truth had come to them, and the future of the Gentiles was now 
hanging in the balance, really the future of us. God was challenging these two men with visions that was going to stretch who they were. He was challenging them to become all that their lives were committed or intended to do. But were they listening enough to God to understand His voice and for them to obey His voice? First of all, let me just recap the vision of Cornelius. He was in prayer. When the vision came, his vision involved an angel bringing a message from God. Cornelius recognized that the angel was from God. And so he listened to the message. And the message from the angel was twofold. Number one, he said, your prayers, your charity, your life, it's gotten the attention of God. That's pretty good news, right? Wouldn't you like for an angel to come tell you that? (laughs) And he said, but secondly, you're supposed to go get the Jewish preacher, Peter, and he's going to tell you what to do next. Now, you got to imagine Cornelius is probably thinking, well, I think I'm already doing a pretty good job here. As a matter of fact, you said I've already gotten God's attention. But the angel says, go get Peter. He's going to tell you what you need to do next. In Acts chapter 11, I'm getting ahead of myself, when Peter retold the story, he actually said that the angel told Cornelius to come get Peter so he could tell him how to be saved. You can read that in Acts chapter 11. So this was no small command. Cornelius, you're a good man, but go get the Jewish preacher, Peter. He's going to tell you what your next steps are. Then there was Peter, who had a vision of his own. He was also in prayer when the vision came. His vision involved a voice bringing a message from God. His vision was of unclean animals that previously he was not even supposed to touch. And the voice told him, kill them and eat them. Peter was very conflicted. As a matter of fact, read the story. The the angel had to tell him three times. (laughs) Because Peter was like, no, 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 no. I've never done that before. No, I'm not going to. Three times. And even then, you didn't hear a yes from Peter. The Bible says he was pondering, trying to figure out what the message meant. And while Peter was trying to figure out what was going on, the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, there's three men downstairs They're knocking at your door. Don't doubt anything. You just go with them. You do what they say because the Spirit has sent them. Here they are, two men, Peter and Cornelius, two totally different visions with both visions pointing these men to each other. Two men who had to be men of prayer, who had to be men of obedience in order for the will and agenda of God to be accomplished in their lives. Two men who could not only hear God, but they had to listen to God. And that's what the focus of my message is today. I want to ask every one of us here today, there's a lot of people who believe in the Lord. They might even love Him and want to serve Him. But can you hear Him when He speaks to you about your life? Can you hear Him? When he challenges you to take a step of faith into his deeper will. Can you hear him when he calls? Or more importantly, and here it is, don't miss this. Miss this not only can you hear him, but you are, are you listening enough to obey him? Can you hear him enough to listen to his voice and obey his voice? See, a lot of people can hear his voice, but do you obey his voice? Can you submit to a will that seems unclear or to a path that may not fit your personal agenda? Come on, I want to help somebody here today. 
Do you talk to God enough? Don't forget, both of these men were in prayer. But do you talk to God enough through prayer and through worship to be able to hear when He truly speaks and to be able to respond when He asks? So here's my question. Are you listening? Are you truly listening? See, it's interesting to note that both Peter and Cornelius heard from God during a time of prayer. See, let me just say this about prayer. Prayer is not just talking to God and asking Him for favors and giving Him your list of stuff. Right? I mean, all that's part of prayer, by the way. And let me just say this. Don't ever be afraid to tell God exactly what you need. Don't be afraid to tell God what you want. Amen? That's part of prayer. But you know what? Sometimes prayer is also being silent and listening to the voice of the Spirit in your life. See, there's no doubt that Cornelius probably was very perplexed at the sight of an angel and what was requested of him. Go find the Jewish preacher. Uh, He's not going to want to come. There's more that I need to do to be saved. Uh, I'm not going under the knife if that's what this is all about. For those of you who know the story, he had went all the way up to the tenets of Judaism, and he said, I'm not going to be circumcised. Amen. So I'll just leave that right there. He said, I'm not going to do that. So I'm sure Peter was also wondering, what's really going on? What's happening? What's going to happen when I go to this Roman soldier's house? What's everybody going to think that's following my leadership when I break from our tradition and I do something to reach more people? What's going to happen, God? What you're asking me to do is outside of the box. What's going to be the fallout? See, but thank God they were both listening. They were both obeying. They were both submitting to the voice of the Lord. Hear me, guys. Hearing God is the easy part. Obeying God is the hard part. Hearing God is the easy part. Obeying God is the hard part. You know, we're all familiar with the Old Verizon commercials, I don't know if they still run them now, but it says, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? And I think what God is saying, I know you can hear me, but are you listening to what I'm saying? The good news is that the Lord knew he could trust Peter with such a monumental request because he'd already tested his listening. He'd already tested his obeying abilities. See, this wasn't the first time Peter's obedience had been tested. I'm just going to show you one example from the Gospels, Luke chapter 5, verse 4 and 5. It says, when he had stopped speaking, by the way, let me just interject here. <laughs> if you want to be able to listen, sometimes you got to stop talking. <laughs> amen. Some of you right now are just wanting to look at your spouse and yell amen right at them. At their face, I know. See, but part of listening, part of hearing, is you got to stop speaking. So notice, when he stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have told all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word. I will let down the net. Now, Jesus had, was the one who was doing the talking, by the way. Jesus had stopped ministering to the crowd. Peter wanted to get on home. Peter wanted to be about his business. He had spent all night fishing. He hadn't caught anything. He was ready to get some sleep. By the way, let me remind you, Peter was not a recreational fisherman. He was a fisherman by trade. This is what he did to make a living. Peter knew how to fish. 
So here comes Jesus, this carpenter, this guy, this teacher, and he just gets through giving this sermon. And now Jesus says, hey, Peter, I want you to do something. I want you to go back out there, and I want you to throw out the nets again. Peter said, hey, I'm not so sure about that, Lord. We've told all night. We haven't even had a nibble. But hear me, now's the moment. Now is the moment. Lord, I hear you. I hear what you're saying. It makes no sense in my mind. But am I listening enough to obey? Here's the moment for Peter. He said, I've already been fishing all night. We haven't caught anything. We know how this works. What are we going to do? Do I make sense of what makes sense to me? Do I ignore him? Do I go home? Do I call it a night? Or do I obey his request? And you know what a critical moment that is for every one of us as believers? Because every one of us in this room, there is a moment, and there ought to be multiple moments in your life, when we are confronted by the Spirit of God with, do I obey him or do I ignore him? Because let me just assure you right now, if you have a relationship with Jesus, every day in your life, he's going to talk to you. Can you hear him, number one, but secondly, are you listening to what he is saying? Amen. Some of you, maybe this is revelatory to you. I just want to encourage you every day when you go out, start trying to hear his voice. Sometimes he'll talk to you through the cashier. Sometimes he'll talk to you through the traffic. (laughs) Sometimes he'll talk to you through the worship music that you're listening to. Sometimes he'll talk to you through the Bible study that you're watching. Sometimes he'll just talk to you in your prayer life. He'll talk to you, though. He'll speak to you. But are you listening? Am I listening enough to obey the prompting of the Spirit in that moment? Do I obey the challenge from the Word of God? Do I obey when confronted with a godly expectation or a request or a challenge, or do I ignore it? I can tell you from my own personal life, there's been times when God has spoken to me and it was outside of my box. I knew there would be fallout. I knew there would be consequences. I knew I'd get some negative feedback, but I finally had to decide. Number one, I had to make sure it was God, but once I knew it was God, I had to say, Am I willing to step out by faith and trust his voice? You see, in Luke, we see that Simon Peter surrendered his own desires and he said, nevertheless at your word. Now, I could preach a whole sermon on that. Nevertheless, regardless of the consequences, regardless of the fact that I'm tired, regardless of the fact that we've already done this, Lord, nevertheless at your word, I will let down the net. In his flesh, he didn't want to do it. In his professional experience, his own fishing skills said this is going to be a waste of time. In his rational thinking, he realized, i got to get home and take a nap. I'm already late. I need to be getting ready for fishing tomorrow. But simply because Jesus said it, he obeyed. You see, a true disciple of Jesus is someone who is obedient to the known will of God, regardless if we understand it or not. Can I say that again? We've got to be obedient to the known will of God in our life. Can I say this with love? We are always seeking the unknown will of God. We're seeking this great esoteric, mystical experience when so many times the known will of God is right in front of our face and God just says, why don't you just obey that first? See, he that is faithful in the little things 
God can entrust us with more. You know what I believe God was doing when he was testing Peter with the fish? He was like, I'm going to see if you can go catch some real fish because I'm planning on you being a fisher of men later on. I want to know if you're going to do what seems unreasonable, what doesn't make sense. I want to know if you can just trust my voice. Are you listening to me? Are you listening? Saints of God, I want to ask you, do you trust him enough to listen when he speaks? Do you trust him enough? See, our obedience to God and his word, it's not predicated upon us understanding all the details why, but rather our love for him and our trust in him. Things like give and it shall come back to you. See, that doesn't make sense to the natural mind, does it? I don't understand it, but I know it works. Things like love your neighbor as yourself. Things like marvel not that I say you must be born again. Things like be holy for I am holy. Things like forgive others so that you can be forgiven. See, these are things that God speaks to us. And if we listen, we'll be blessed. Exodus chapter 24 and verse 7 says, Then he took the book of the covenant and read in the hearing of the people. And they said, look at this, All that the Lord has said we will do and be obedient. All that the Lord has said we will do and be obedient. Obedience. All that the Lord has said, there it is, are you listening? We will do. Here's the next part. Are you obeying? Are you obeying all that the Lord has said? I'm not ready to obey. Or I don't fully yet understand. Or I need to see the end of this road. I, I need to see where this is going to take me. See, sometimes, folks, I can just tell you from personal experience, you've got to stop trying to figure out why God says what he says and just start doing what he says. Amen? Because if you're waiting for all the answers, they're not going to come. Sometimes you got to walk literally what the Bible says by faith and not by sight. See, I'm sure Cornelius and Peter both could have rationalized the way the commands of the Lord and the visions that they received, but they didn't. And if we are truly listening, God's directives can't be filtered through our own ideas. It can't be pondered in our foolishness. They are simply things to be obeyed. I want to challenge somebody here today, and I know I'm in the Holy Ghost. God has been talking to you. You have been hearing, but are you ready to listen? You see, when, when I was growing up, and my mom was right here, you know what? When mom would say, are you listening to me? And she said it a whole lot. You know what she was really saying? She wasn't saying, can you hear me? (laughs) Because she already knew I could hear her. When she says, are you listening to me? What she means is, are you doing what I told you to do? Or are you not doing what I told you not to do? Anybody ever ask your child, are you listening to me? And they pretend like they can't even hear you. I'm seeing it all over again with my my grandson, Mason. He's almost two years old. And when he doesn't want to listen to what you're saying, he'll pretend like he doesn't hear you. My Lord, it comes natural. You don't have to teach a child. They just do it naturally. And you know what? We're the same way as adults. Sometimes God will be speaking and we'll just be like, I'm going to pretend like I didn't hear that, Lord. Oh, I'm going to pretend like you didn't ask me to forgive them, Lord. I'm going to pretend like you didn't ask me to do that, Lord. I'm going to, oh. Are you listening? No, 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 no. I know you can hear. Are you listening? Are you listening? All that the Lord has said, we will do. 
See, because if we're truly listening, God's directives will change our life. Here's what Charles Spurgeon, the great 19th century preacher, said about preparing ourselves. He said, the hearer needs to be prepared even more than the preacher. We are told men ought not to preach without preparation. Granted. But we add, men ought not to hear without preparation. Which do you think needs the most preparation, the sower or the ground? I would have the sower come with clean hands, but I would have the ground well plowed and harrowed, well turned over, and the clods broken before the seed comes in. It seems to me that there is more preparation needed by the ground than by the sower, more by the hearer than the preacher. Are we listening? Are we listening? See, when we're praying, when we're in the Word, when we have our spiritual ears in tune, when we're walking According to the Spirit, often the Lord is going to show you some new truth or He's going to give you some directive for your life. And then you know what He does? He gives you the opportunity to act. He gives you the opportunity to act on what He has said or what we have learned. And this Word in our lives, uh, it comes in a lot of ways. I've already mentioned it. could be through the worship. It could be through Bible study. It could be through the preaching. I hope God is speaking to you even today while I'm talking. And after telling the parable of the sower, Jesus warned his disciples in Luke 8, 18, he said, take heed how you hear. He said, you got to pay attention to how you hear. Jesus is pointing out there's a distinct difference between hearing and listening. we got to be doers and not just hearers only. James chapter 1, verse 18 through 25 tells us some important steps in how to listen to the voice and the word of God. And while you're turning in your Bibles to James 1, I'm going to ask the praise team and the prayer team to come on up and get ready. James 1.22 says this, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. These verses are going to tell you how to be a better listener, a better hearer. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So get rid of all the filth and the evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts. For it has the power to save your souls. But don't just listen to God's Word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the Word and don't obey, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, you walk away, and you forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Let me show you just a couple quick things while they begin to play that can help you listen to the voice of the Lord. From verse 19, it said, be swift, quick, quick to listen, be swift to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. Amen? See, God had to tell Peter three times that the animals that he thought were unclean were no longer unclean. Peter kept speaking his objections. We got to listen more we got to speak less. And I don't just mean the verbal words, but I'm talking about the mental arguments that we all have with God, right? God, I don't understand this. I don't understand why you're asking me to do this. God, I don't understand what you're doing. Be swift to listen. Verse 21 gives us another clue. Throw that up on the screen for me, Wes, if you will, as I, as I come to these verses. Throw them up. Verse 21. But don't just listen, uh, yeah, 
So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives. Did you know some of us right now, the reason you can't hear the Lord is because all the junk, it's choking it out. If you want to hear God, James said, we got to get rid of the filth. we got to get rid of the evil in our lives. Some of you, you're right, you're, you're right there. You're so close to getting God's directive, to getting His next step, to hearing the next part of His plan for you. But some of us, we just got to clean up our act a little bit. Is that all right, church? Is it all right to admit that as believers, sometimes we got to get rid of some stuff in our life? And if you don't think you do, the first thing you need to get rid of is that delusional spirit. Amen. (laughs) So get rid of the filth. You can't have progress in your spiritual life if you're unwilling to reject and forsake sin. You know what it is. Deal with it and get rid of it. Verse 21 also. Notice what else it says. Get rid of the filth and the evil you are and humbly accept the word God has planted in your heart. In other words, we got to humbly accept and receive the Word of God into our spirit. You hear the Word, but can you accept it? Can you apply it? Can you even accept the challenges that it presents to your will and to your lifestyle? See, that's what receiving the Word is. That's why. That's what Charles Spurgeon was talking about. you got to plow up the ground of your heart. That's what worship service does. We worship God, we get our hearts clear, and then we're ready to receive the Word of God and let a seed be planted. It can change us. So humbly accept the Word of God that's been planted in your hearts. Also from verse 21, it says, uh, it has the power to save your souls. Allow the Word to be engrafted. It can save you. Verse 22, look what verse 22 says. But don't just listen to God's Word. Do what it says. It's so plain, it's almost insulting, isn't it? (laughs) It's so juvenile, it's so basic. I could go upstairs right now to the kindergartners and read this verse, and they would understand what it says. Don't just listen to God's Word. Do what it says. Do what it says. So we got to obey the Word, become a doer. The Life Application New Testament Commentary said this, God's Word can only grow in the soil of obedience can only grow in the soil of obedience. And then verse 25, last thing I want to say is don't forget what you heard. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says, notice, and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. You know why you don't want to forget what you heard? Because as soon as you go out there, the enemy's going to try to take it away from you. As soon as you get out there, your flesh is going to try to talk you out of it. As soon as you get ready to say, I'm going to forgive Joel Brown, as soon as you get out of church because you're feeling all, all warm and fuzzy and you're feeling the, the goosebumps of the Holy Ghost and you say, i got to get this thing right with you. As soon as you get out of church, you're going to be like, yeah, it can wait till next week. He don't need it. We talk ourselves out of so many blessings because we forget what God said. You've heard me say this before. I'll say it again. Never forget in the darkness what God has shown you in the light. Never forget it. Never forget it. Don't forget what you heard. Hide it in your heart. Remember, because the dark days will try to snuff it out and doubt will cloud your mind. I want you to stand with me all over this house.
Are you listening? Are you listening? See, the difference between Peter and Cornelius, it proves that God's no respecter of persons because these men were polar opposites. God is 100% impartial. And why am I pointing that out? Because I want to remind you, God will speak to anyone at any time. You might be in this room right now saying, I've done too much. God won't talk to me. Yes, he is. He's talking to you right now. That's the enemy telling you that lie. Amen. That's the enemy telling you that lie. I've had people tell me, they say, I don't know if God hears the voice of sinners. Here's the of course he hears the prayers of sinners. How do you think any of us ever get saved? So God's talking. Are you listening? Some of you right now, you think God is finished with you. Not so. He's still speaking. Even right now in this sermon. So right now in this altar call, I want to ask you, are you listening enough to obey? We sang that song and said, I'm going to sing for you like nobody's listening. I'm going to dance for you like nobody's watching. I'm going to ask you this. Are you willing to repent to him like nobody else cares? Are you willing to say, I'm going to step out from this altar and recommit myself to the will of God, recommit myself to hearing His voice, recommit to walking the path that He places for me. So I'm going to ask you right now, are you willing to say yes, Lord? See, some of us, we need to lay some things down. Some of us just need to remember what we've already forgotten. Are you listening? Some of you need to repent of your sins. Are you listening? Some of you need to invite Christ into your heart for the very first time. Ask Him to be the Lord of your life. What are you waiting on? Are you listening? Some of you are already believers. You need to be baptized or you need to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. What are you waiting for? Are you listening? Some of you, God is calling you into greatness. But you're still really wondering whether you want to throw out the net into the deep water. Are you listening? I'm going to open this altar right now, and I want to invite you to step out from where you are. I'm going to invite you to come. I'm asking you to respond to the word that you've heard here today and ask God to come in and speak to you afresh. Right now, would you come? Before they start singing, come on down. Let's come down. Are you listening? Are you listening? God, I want you to speak to me today. Or God, I want you to give me the courage to obey what I know you've already said to me today. Are you listening? Are you listening? Are you listening? Come on now, let's fill this altar because I'm going to pray for you before they sing. Come on now, let's just move right on up front. I don't want you to miss this. There's the hearers, there's the doers. Sometimes, frankly, we're both of them, amen? But I don't want to just live my life in the posture of the hearer. I want to live my life in the posture of the doer. So right now, I'm going to ask you to lift your hands all over this house. And here's what I want you to do. We're going to pray. I want you to ask God. First of all, if you haven't heard the voice of the Lord, you don't recognize what His direction, ask Him to start speaking to you again. Say, God, I want you to speak to me again. 
Maybe there's filth. Maybe there's evil. Maybe there's other stuff that's clouded that voice. Ask God to speak clearly to you right now. Maybe you don't have to deal with all that stuff. Maybe you just need God to confirm His Word to you. Ask Him to do it right now. But then there's others in here. You already know what God has said. You already know what He has asked. I just need you to say, God, once again, I'm committing myself to being a doer today. Forgive me for not doing, but God, I commit myself. Why don't we do that right now? Let's begin to pray. Go ahead, praise team. Begin to sing. Hallelujah. 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 Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we pray right now that an anointing of obedience would come upon us. God, I pray, Lord, that we would not just be hearers, but we would be doers. God, I pray that I would not just hear your voice, but I would listen to your prompting. Right now, God, I pray that we would not just walk in the flesh, but that we would walk in the Spirit. Lord, I pray you would give me the courage to obey when it's difficult. Give me the courage to have convictions in a world without conviction. God, give me the courage to live morally in an immoral world. God, give me the courage to hear your voice and to listen to the prompting of your spirit. I want to be as bold as Peter was and not worry about what people will think about me by obeying the will of God. Lord, I don't want to be fearful of the repercussions. I don't want to be fearful of the fallout. I don't care what other people say about me. I want to do the will of God. Lord, I want to be like Cornelius who was not afraid to embrace a religion that was not his own, to embrace truth and to become a man of God. I want to be like Cornelius. I want to listen to your voice. And now let's begin to pray. Right where you are, begin to lift your hands and talk to them. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. Yes, in the mighty name of Jesus. God, I'm willing to do your will. I'm willing to follow your plan. I'm willing to step out of my box. God, I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it looks like. I'll do it, Lord. Thank you. 